Inverse Genius Episode 12, here's the story. In this episode, Eric Dewey is joined by Patrick Hillier to talk about all of the genius that is the Brady Bunch. Yes, the Brady Bunch. Inverse Genius is sponsored by our incredible Patreons at patreon.com slash obg. Pretty much everything that goes to the Patreon account goes to keep these podcasts rolling. Thank you very much. And welcome to another episode of Inverse Genius. I am your host, Eric Dewey. And with me, I have just an awesome guy and, and someone that I, I met face-to-face finally at BGGCon. We really kind of clicked and hit it off. And and uh, it, it, we'll talk about how this episode came to be. But I want to introduce the man who uh, you should know from What Did You Play This Week podcast, Patrick Hillier. Welcome, Patrick. Hi. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. And how's life this Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve for you? <laughs> it's Festivus Eve myself, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> that's another show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Getting getting excited about uh, the weekend. Fantastic. Yeah, spending it with the family. Yes, definitely. So uh, anything interesting you want to talk about before we jump into our topic? No, no, I don't. I don't really have anything exciting going on myself. So it's pretty quiet around here. All right. So. The genesis of this particular topic happened in a little Twitter conversation that w- that went on, um, and I don't even remember who started it. Do you know? Do you remember? No. Okay. No, I don't. Somebody made some comment, and we replied with something to the extent that was taken from the Brady Bunch. And Patrick's like, has there been an Inverse Genius episode on the Brady Bunch? And I was like, no, but there should be. <laughs> and thus, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, it had something to do with um oh, with, it uh, was drafting Mike, tubes. Yeah, Mike Brady being an architect. Right. And I'm an architect and 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 uh and uh, Mason said some I think it was Mason said something about me having a bunch of drafting tubes and I actually do have some things like that and that that sort of started it off. Fantastic. Yep. And uh, I made a comment about Greg turning the the office Mike's office into a groovy bachelor pad and <laughs> and here we yep. are. So yes, we are here yes. to talk about the Brady Bunch. So the Brady Bunch was created by Sherwood Schwartz, and uh, he was also famous for creating Gilligan's Island. And yes. in fact, I think off of his his uh, success with Gilligan's Island, we, we carry on to the Brady Bunch. And I don't know about you, Patrick, but you know, I only caught it in the after school reruns. I never. It was never right. on prime time when i was watching it and i and i think we're really close to the same age so yeah i'm i'm 47 so this was on this came out i think it's 69 i think this was when this started so uh, that's the year i was born yeah so i'm 46 so yeah we're we're right in that same thing so so yeah so the show was on after school and it was one of these things where everyone watched it uh there was not really a whole lot of other channels i mean we had i think four in rhode island at the time Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, everybody watched it, and and that I think is one of the interesting things about the Brady Bunch is that everybody, certainly of our generation, and I imagine others as well, there are so many things that you you know about it, even if you don't remember you know specific episodes. So, uh, for instance, you know, Mom always says, "Don't play ball in the house." Hmm. You got one off the top of your head. <laughs> Marsha, 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 definitely. Um, oh gosh, the, remember the one with the UFO where they thought they were seeing a UFO and the slide whistle? <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Oh gosh. And and of course I made the joke about uh, my voice changing during the recording, yes. which is of course the great singing episode. Yes. Or or so. Marsha bump or where Jan sees a picture of her her relative, her aunt, I guess, and her aunt looked just like her. So now she thinks she's going to turn into. I think it was Imogene Coco. Image Imogene Coco. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and the no and the nose and the nose. Oh yes, and she, the the, the uh, football to the nose. Football to the nose and the <clears throat> the driving contest where Greg and Marsha were trying to see who could drive better, and there mm-hmm. was a, an egg I think on a cone, and oh, then. Gosh. I mean, <laughs> You know, it's funny. And then the brilliant, I got to throw this one in because it just cracks yes. me up. The brilliant legal defense of Mike Brady. Oh, yes. <laughs> when when uh, his wife had been accused of rear-ending some guy and he was in a neck brace. And so mm-hmm, Mike tosses mm-hmm. his briefcase on the floor. It makes a slam. And the guy in the neck brace immediately looks over at it and sees, oh, look, he's really faking it. And the case is dismissed. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't remember that character actor. He kind of reminded me of uh, the guy from the Adams family, but I don't think it was the same person. Uh, you never know, because they're, uh, you know, we'll probably get to this in a little bit, but there were so many guest stars on that show that, oh, uh, yes. you know, were notable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So, so anyway, I mean, that was just off the top of our heads. This isn't, you know, we're not Brady aficionados, at least I assume we're not. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just watched it a lot. That's, yeah, yeah. That's exactly so, what you were saying. Exactly. And so it's it's a very important cultural touch point, I think, for, for a large number of people. And uh, I, I'm kind of curious. I mean, you know, my kids have no concept of, of the Brady Bunch, really. My They do have a concept of Gilligan's Island because we have all of those on DVD. It was my wife's mm-hmm. favorite show. So we've watched all Gilligan's Island, um, but, you know, uh, not so much for the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I, uh, kind of the same here. I, I don't I don't I don't think I've ever actually you know searched out the Brady Bunch. I'm sure we've seen it one or two here or there. Um, you know, particularly like <laughs> I, I know we've seen the um, the Tiki one oh, where they go to Hawaii. Gosh. You know, if what? that one comes on, I've got to watch it. No kidding. When, when I was in college, Vincent Price. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. When I was in college, there was a comedian. You know, came to college and he was doing a bit, and he holds up a little tiki thing. He's like, you know what this is. And we're like, oh, you know, he goes, this is the idol that cursed Greg Brady. And we're all cracking up because, you know, we haven't seen this episode in, what, 15, 20, you know, 15 years. Yes, yes. And But we all know exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So uh, the show actually started as a primetime show. Again, uh, Sherwood Schwartz was successful with Gilligan's Island. And uh, it was on ABC, I think. And... The first season was a pretty decent hit, and then I believe it was on for three seasons. I can't remember for sure. Do you think yeah, I would have looked this up? <laughs> uh, well, they said through 73, so that sounds like four years. Yeah, four years. There's over 100 episodes. I know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the things that was interesting about this was apparently, at the time, ABC was not a 24-hour channel. There was a block of all things between noon and one that they didn't own. For some reason, they never had programming for and they tried a bunch of different stuff, and it never worked. And they decided to put in Brady Bunch reruns, and that suddenly catapulted the sh- the show and the channel into to bigger popularity. So you could see it, you know, when you got home from school, as it were, and then also see the new episodes at night, which I thought was kind of a weird and sort of funny little, yeah, little thing. And that that's you know that probably taught them the le- the value of of reruns. Yeah, absolutely, and. And it's one of those shows that I think has been in reruns ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. 
So uh, let's talk a little bit about the cast. So uh, why don't you shoot out some cast members? You don't have to give their names per se, but uh, you know who do we have in the as characters? <laughs> well, of course, there's there's mom and dad, Mike and Carol, who were you know that was it's kind of fict- uh, a mystery really about how they. Um, how they had these kids, right? They had three kids each, right? And then they got married, and you know there was some mystery about who their backstory was. But they got married and, and kind of got this mixed family of of three girls and three boys. Yeah, I uh, think I think they mentioned that Mike was a widower, right? They, well, there's the there's the a pilot they said yeah. that, that's all sort of explained, but but yeah, they never no... explained Carol. They always kept right. that kind of quiet, and it, the assumption yeah. was she was divorced, but. Right, you know, but you couldn't talk about that sort of thing back then, I assume. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in fact, that was actually a big deal, because this was sort of the first blended family television show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, if you think about, you know, like Lucy or Dick Van Dyke, where they're always sleeping in separate beds, and of course, this is a little bit later, where they, well, I guess actually Lucy didn't sleep in a separate bed, never mind, she and Desi shared a bed, but... Regardless. No, no, they had, they they had twin separate... beds in the, in the original, in the black yeah, and white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, you know, so now we're moving up. Uh, so now we actually have a blended family. And sure. Uh, well, we'll kind of see how that goes. <laughs> right. But yeah, so they each have... Go ahead. I was going to say, I could kind of relate to at least... A th- I'm one of five kids. So, you know, I could relate to the three boys. And at one point, we all had to share a room. Wow. Uh, and it was the three boys in one room. And, and uh, it's, yeah, I could kind of relate to, to um, you know, uh, uh, Greg and... Uh, and Peter and Bobby and you know I'm the youngest so I'm kind of kind of related to Bobby a little bit so gotcha did you uh did you all have the same all five of you have one bathroom to share (laughs) yes we did excellent yeah I grew up yep yep um uh in a very small house very tiny house when I was just a little kid and then uh when we got older we had at least an upstairs and a downstairs bathroom so well that's that's Um, good yeah (laughs) (laughs) well one of the reasons that the and the reason I say that is because on the, the upstairs of the Brady home, there was just a single bathroom. Uh, and part of the reason for that was to create conflict and to kind of oh. keep everyone sort of... In fact, I think one of the early episodes, there was a big fight over, you know, they couldn't get along in in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. There's actually an architecture term for that. It's called a Jack and Jill bathroom. Oh. It's in between the boys and girls room. And then, of course, the parents actually had their their own bathroom. Yeah. Interesting little bit of trivia. No toilets were in the bathrooms because it was against some sort of you know, TV code at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until what Archie Bunker when that we yeah. <laughs> were able to at least hear about the toilet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I think we have whole shows that are focused on them. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So we have Mike and Carol. Mike is an architect. Carol's a stay at home mom. And they each mm-hmm. have three kids. It was uh, Bobby, Peter, and Greg. Oh, Greg. There we go. <laughs> and, yeah. and on the other side, we had Cindy and Jan and Marsha. Right. And all of those actors, well, I guess Barry, Barry Williams, who played Greg, he had some previous acting experience. But I think most of the rest of them were pretty fresh. Um, and I remember in reading the book, Sherwood Schwartz and Lloyd Schwartz were saying that the parents weren't sort of the typical Hollywood parents. They were more... For lack of a better term, normal, I guess. And so they were kind of involved on the set and they weren't typically pushing their kids a whole lot like, you know, you might see nowadays. And and mm-hmm. part of that 
was sort of a consequence of as these kids grew up, you know, they had issues, but they never had any real major issues. I mean, I don't believe any of them ever committed crimes or, or any of that stuff, which a lot of shows with kids couldn't necessarily say. Yeah, yeah, you don't hear much about any problems with them. Yeah. And then, and this was the biggest surprise. Now, they also had a housekeeper. The concept there was that if Mike Brady is trying to take care of these kids by himself, then he would need a housekeeper. And so they brought in, who did they bring in? Oh, Alice. Alice. Yeah, Alice Nelson, I think her last name was. Correct. So. Good job. Uh, mm-hmm. Alice Nelson played by Emmy Award winner Ann B. Davis. <laughs> yes. And she got to play uh, herself and her sister. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yes. Sergeant something. Yeah. Like she's some, like, a, yeah, that was so. <laughs> like a drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, out of a hundred and something episodes, I bet if we had enough time, we could knock off at least half of them. <laughs> I bet you we could. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised that she was an Emmy Award winner. And and Sherwood Schwartz was talking about how, like, this is who we want. She's got great comedic timing. And this is, you know, this is who we want. And and they had to juggle some stuff around to actually end up getting her. I think she was going to cost a little bit too much money. And Mm. she, oh, she was in the, some theater production. And they had to buy out her last two weeks of contract to, to actually bring her on to the show. But so there she was. And so that was that was the cast. Oh, and Tiger can't forget Tiger. <laughs> yes, yes. The the uh, I don't know kind of dog, just some sort of a mutt. Yeah, some was... some fluffy mutt. And there was four or five tigers through the life of the show. Although Tiger himself didn't appear, he was one of those TV dogs that came and went as necessary. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Whenever something needed to be broken or exactly do- lost dog entered the story, or if Jan needed to say have allergies. Yes, yes. Because there was a show where she was allergic to Tiger, although it turned out I think Uh it was like his shampoo or something. Yep, that sounds familiar. Because Bobby was all upset that they'd have to get rid of Tiger. Mm. Mm. Which is kind of interesting because uh, the girls had a cat that was in the pilot and Uh never seen again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like like this Tiger probably had something to do with that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So one other casting note, and this, this is fascinating to me was was um mike brady oh robert reed robert reed played mike brady now um robert reed was uh, a quasi famous television star he had a popular show and then he apparently was in a movie that bombed and so he was trying to get his career back on track so he did this show but he never liked the show Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he also had terrible comedic timing. He, he always wanted to be a serious actor. And so th- the book that I was reading just goes through so many times where he would literally take the Encyclopedia Britannica and check for factualness in the script. <laughs> Jeez. So, like, there's one where uh, Allison and Carol are cooking a bunch of jam, strawberry jams, and he's the script had him come in and say, it smells like strawberry heaven here. And so he's saying, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, strawberries don't smell when they're cooked. And, and it was this big debate. And finally, Sherwood's like, well, can you just say it looks like strawberry heaven? He's like, fine, I can say it looks like strawberry heaven. So, uh, oh, gosh. and they both, they both just kind of talk about how, you know, every day there was some sort of thing. And they said he was really good about not doing it in front of the kids. He'd wait till the kids go home. But then it was just argument, argument, argument. So, and, um, I don't know. It's 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 a little disappointing to hear to hear that, but um, 
you know, they said he was he was fine when he was working, but any other time it was just always a big a big mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems to happen on on a lot of shows. So definitely, I don't I don't know if that showed in the in the program though. I don't think so. I mean, no, but it but it also I think led to him having less screen time. You know, he was always off at work or whatnot. That's true. That's true. So, so that was kind of the show, and there was all kinds of things. It, originally, it was sort of like, how do we mix up these these two different families, and what are the different issues that come up for that? And then as time goes on, you know, the stories would broaden out to, to other things. Sometimes the kids are in competition. Sometimes I, I, they tried to cycle the focus of the show. So this will be a Marsha show. This will be a Greg show. This will, you know, Peter's mm-hmm. voice will change. Yeah. And so they kind of kept it all along the way and did a pretty decent job, especially considering how much the kids aged from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. I think they all got braces at one point and, you know, uh, you know, get growing up and starting to date girls and then Greg wanting the bachelor pad and, you know, a place to, to be able to hang out and be away from the family and, uh, less, less, uh, you know, part of the group. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so, Looking back at my childhood, I'm trying to think, you know, it wasn't a particular character that I sort of associated with. I was just kind of enjoy watching the adventures of them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it just it clearly it did something because it stuck into my mind so many different things, uh, so many different episodes. I was like, let me just throw out a few words and see if this triggers anything in your head. Pork chops and applesauce. Oh yeah, yeah. That was I forget which was it was it was it. Uh, I think it was Peter. Peter, yeah. Peter wanted to change his personality, and he was pretending to be uh, Humphrey Bogart. Exactly. Yeah. Pork chops and applesauce. Yeah. I still say that. Yeah, I know. And it, what? It's like it's like it's like you have to serve it when you make pork. Chops. I know. That's exactly right. And it's just mm-hmm. no other show. I mean, outside of like Star Wars or something, has so inundated in my in my collecting of my subconscious and and that just that just boggles my mind how much of an impact that 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 this truly had yes yes it has and you know as we're as we're recording this the 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 different uh little songs are kind of going through my head the transitional music oh yeah 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 um you know besides the opener just the, the you know the scene cut scene songs and things I yep. keep hearing them in the back of my head as they as they the opening scene where they show the house um you know yep um, and then they go in and then they go what do they call that the the establishing shot i think establishing shot yeah yep. yes thank you and didn't didn't when they went from scene to scene didn't it flip it seems like when it, it would just oh. kind of yeah flip yeah yeah and actually the, the whole opening was was mildly revolutionary because, uh, you know, he was trying to figure out how to show all of these actors and actresses in a short period of time. And, of course, the order that they come in is extremely important because it's all negotiated. Uh, and mm-hmm. they were able to do, uh, there was new technology at the time that enabled them to do that nine square sort of division. Uh, yes. And so it sort of, they were able to jump onto that and solve everything in, right. in that way. And, and- I was going to say, and that and that gets parodied all the time. Exactly. I mean, the, now too. I mean, I've got to be. I've got. I know that the Simpsons. Aren't, yeah, the Simpsons have certainly done it, and certainly sure. Uh, yeah, tons of different other things where they're all looking around at each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. 
And so uh, there was just so many interesting and fun. Th- oh, and then they, they formed a band near the end. <laughs> oh, gosh, and I was always yes. wondering if that was in response to the Partridge family. <laughs> I, I think so. I, I definitely think so. Yeah, because they had their groovy clothes. And in fact, I don't know if you've ever seen, but there was like the, the Brady Variety Hour. that, uh-huh. And I, I don't know if it was a show or if it was a special. But, um, well, let me put it this way. Sid and Mary Croft from Croft Superstars fans, yep. they were the ones mm-hmm. that did the show. And it was day glow-tastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, those guys were into some wild stuff. So I can only imagine. Yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember it. I, I, and I don't know how I stumbled across it. And then maybe I was watching like VH1 when they were talking about the Brady Bunch. But they had showed some clips of sort of the opening uh, song and dance number. Um, and interestingly, Eve Plum was not part of that. She played Jan. She she had enough of being Jan for a little while, right? And so they cast somebody else. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah, everybody else, but there was a different. There was a different Jan. I can remember that. But there were much like uh, after Gilligan's Island was canceled, and they had some of the, the you know the castaways of Gilligan Island type TV movies. They did do a few of those for the Brady Bunch as well, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. including the uh, the Brady Girls Get Married was that was the big one that I remember. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember. Wasn't there were there Christmas ones or maybe they was were the same ones and you know some some one of Greg or uh, Mike's buildings was falling down. Part of one, two. I may be oh, blending yeah, them yeah, all yeah. together in my mind. Some sort of emergency happening, and that brought the family together. I, I can't remember the details of it, but I distinctly remember that. Yeah, that sounds about right. So one mm-hmm. of the things, since you are an architect, one of the things I've been dying to ask is, how architecturally sound was the Brady house, as far as, you know, design, aesthetic, and, and whatnot? <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty cool house. Um you know, there's a really fantastic uh, book that I have of of blueprints of all TV shows. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and uh, somebody uh, you know has put it together, and I've and I love to to study it. And and some some shows, you know, we talked about like the Lucy show, like that apartment just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's a TARDIS or, kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one actually sort of really did make sense. The layout of it all sort of made sense. So. You know, when you look at the blueprint that this guy came up of and you and you watch the show, it all makes sense. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that that stare is just totally iconic. Yes. Um, yes. Um, and it's funny. The, they have the had, open concept before it was an open before it was a concept. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's just a, it's a neat and it, and it worked well for TV. I mean, that was the nice thing about it was the 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 style of the house, you know, with the big glass patio between indoor and outdoor allowed for filming through inside and outside really well. And then that big open living room and then the going up and down the stairs was great for scenes. Um, so, you know, I think it just, it, it was a cool looking house for its time. Um, I remember it showed off Greg being a, I mean, Mike being a, a, you know, a a timely architect. Yeah, definitely. The, the kitchen I always thought was like, it would be so cool to have this kitchen. It had two ovens, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of brick and then the, the Mm -hmm. Island and then the the side by side fridge. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it's probably avocado. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> Everything had to be in the 70s. Avocado or that yes. yellowish? Yeah. Uh, uh, um, harvest gold. Harvest gold, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. You had those big glass uh, windows so you could look out into the to the um, backyard where you watch yes. uh, P- uh, Bobby and Cindy teeter-tottering, trying to break the mm-hmm. record. But, oh, the little tykes that got tuckered out and had to go to sleep. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and guest star Joe Namath throwing the ball. Oh yeah, that's right, Good old Joe <laughs> Namath. Yeah, actually, let's talk about some of the guest stars they had. Yeah, there. so they had quite a few. To me, the biggest one was Davy Jones. <laughs> yes, because while I'm watching yes. the Brady Bunch, I'm also watching the Monkees. Uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh. Marsha was the president or whatever of his fan club, and so she actually got to go see him sing a song and. And did she get him to go to school? I know she was trying to get him yeah, to play this. I, I, the, yeah, I thought she said something like she was going to get him to come to the prom or something. Yeah. And he couldn't. And she was going to look stupid. And then she eventually <laughs> did get him to or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, Vin- Vincent Price, he was the evil bad uh, guy in their Hawaii episodes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's classic. Oh, gosh. Uh, we had Imogene Coca who was their mm-hmm. aunt. Um, they actually had uh, the Howells in separate guests as well. Jim Backus played, uh, I don't remember who he played, um, but he was on the show a couple of times, I think. And then oh, Natalie Schaefer. That, yeah, yeah. He played uh, Mike's boss. Oh, that's right. And a crazy prospector in the Grand Canyon expe- episode. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot when they went to the Grand Canyon and they got yeah. trapped in the cave. And mm-hmm. See, memories, man. <laughs> and then, yeah, Natalie Schaefer, who was lovey. She, uh, uh, she was playing, she was playing like a, a, a client or something, but then Cindy had thought that she was like a, looking for a talent scout or something. Oh, that's right. And she was pretending to be, uh, uh, she dressed up and pretended to be Shirley Temple. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. It's, it's so funny. Uh, it is. Just all these people. You know, you were talking about how it carries through. Even even just recently, was it that Snickers commercial with um, they're they're thugs and they're and they do a Snickers commercial and it's set in the in the Brady Bunch house. Oh yeah 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 that's right. Uh, the the machete Buscemi. guy, Bishemi and yeah. machete the machete guy. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do, forgot all about a, that. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. they splice it in with with shots of of the Bradys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how many problems were solved in that little? I don't know what you call it. Was it a den? It wasn't a den. I guess it was their living no. room. It was their living room yeah. because Mike's office was called the den, I think. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, they came in and, and solved all those those problems there. And then I guess near the end of the show, as we mentioned, the kids were getting were aging out. Mm-hmm. And so so they did they did a cardinal sin. And what was that they did? <laughs> oh, yeah. They had to bring in Cousin Oliver. They bring in Cousin Oliver. Um <laughs> So it to me it's like the seventies were the time where the T V shows really kind of grew into how to write for like a serial television and then well, I guess not serial, but you know, for for continuing television. And then they made different mistakes. So while we have Happy mm-hmm. Days jumping the shark, we have <laughs> yeah, that's what I just thought of. Yeah, yeah, we have <laughs> we have the Brady Bunch bringing in cousin Oliver, who was their cousin. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know I know I'd seen this kid in a bunch of different things. Yeah, like commercials or something. Yeah. Exactly. Or maybe he was a friend of somebody in different strokes at one point. Could have been. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Cousin Oliver, he was he was their cousin. He was going to live with them. But 
you know, it was it was just trying to blow air into a deflating tire at that point. I think. Yes, I think so. Yeah, it's sort of the the you know that happens in a lot of shows. It just sort of becomes the the high sign of the end of the show. It seems like exactly. But that doesn't change its cultural impact in any way, form, fashion. Oh, they did make a couple of movies uh, that were sort of parody movies with uh, Shelley Long playing Carol. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, those were great. And the Lumberg guy. What was his name? I can't remember. He was he played Lumberg <sighs> mm-hmm. in Office mm-hmm. Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yep. I, uh, uh, Gary Cole. Gary, Gary Cole. Yeah. yeah. And so, and they they were pretty fun. What was kind of the mm-hmm. fun shtick with those was that they were stuck in the 70s but didn't realize it. Yes, Yes. And, uh, but they, they treated it well. I mean, they weren't, to me, it was sort of like the Adams family where, you know, they're completely off kilter from everybody else, but it doesn't matter to them. They're happy the way they are and they're supportive mm-hmm. of each other. And so, and they did work in quite a few of the things that we've talked about. Oh, how about, uh, Billy the Kid shooting people in the back? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna oh, just, I think we're just gonna have to start a Twitter thread of everybody just throwing out episodes that they can think of. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, but yeah, so anyway, it's it was it. You know, I hesitate to make someone rush out and watch some of it just because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was fine for its time. I don't know that it really carries its weight now, but certainly just for for reference sake, it's kind of fun and interesting just to sort of reminisce and, and again see the impact that it's had yeah and it's still fun to reminisce i mean there's still plenty of us out there that grew up watching it enjoy thinking about it and remembering absolutely so here's mm-hmm. something that really surprised me that i read somewhere sam the butcher who was uh, alice's boyfriend yes uh you know how many episodes he was in no five Oh, is that it? That's exactly what I said. Wow. He's referenced a lot of times, but physically only appeared apparently in five episodes. That is interesting. Because I, I can, would have expected a lot more. I know. Because I could picture him, you know, in the, the butcher smock and the little white hat. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and how many times did the kids get locked in that freezer? <laughs> that freezer, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, is there anything else that we haven't covered in this? Uh, this well, the only other thing I was going to throw in, I, I live just uh, north of Cincinnati, and our big theme park is called Kings Island. Oh, And the Brady yes. Bunch went to Kings Island in 1973. Yeah. And so every time I go there, I think about that that <laughs> particular episode. Now, it's obviously changed a lot since then, but uh, that was a lot of fun. To, yeah. Uh, I, I totally to re- forgot to about that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, yeah, they, they, went, they had a whole episode of them at the theme park. Yeah, I guess the park had just opened up, um, so that was probably like a you know get some major you know movie stars in to mm-hmm. advertise for this new theme park that just opened up and uh, the heck we can film uh, there and save some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and there's some interesting tidbits about that episode that I was reading about. Uh, you know, a- Alice was playing that like, she was afraid to be on the roller coasters and stuff, but she was actually like gung ho in real life about <laughs> about roller coasters. Um, you know, the actress was so right, right. That was in- that was kind of cool. You know, uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm curious to to look into Ann B. Davis because she just seems so fun. I guess is is a good mm-hmm. way to put it because you know, yeah, I mean, she really got into to this part and she was she was pretty integral to the cast and the crew as far as keeping everything together. Uh, Carol or uh, Florence Henderson was as well. 
Yeah, uh, but and she uh, just passed away. Yep, she did. She just passed away. And I mean, when you think of Florence Henderson, there are two things you think about: the Brady Bunch and uh, Wesson Oil. Wesson Oil, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> she did a long-standing we, we wa- run of ads on Wesson Oil. <laughs> we we watch a lot of TV, don't we? Apparently, we did. Well, I mean, you know, in the seventies and eighties, there wasn't a whole lot else you could do. He, he had three channels, and you watched whatever was on. <laughs> exactly. Four, yeah. So cool. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining me in in this reminiscence. (laughs) It was such a great idea. It was. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks. Cool. Well, Patrick, why don't you tell people where they can find you if they want to hear more of your dulcet tones? Sure. I am on Twitter as Over the Hillier, H-I-L-L-I-E-R. And I'm also on a podcast called What Did You Play This Week podcast, which drops about every Monday. And we every other Wednesday, we have a contributor uh, based discussion where we invite guests on, and sometime in January, I may be interviewing one Eric Dewey. Ooh, I'm excited. I like that guy. <laughs> yes. So, uh, just out of curiosity, Patrick, uh, do you know who Benedict Arnold is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember that episode. Yeah, I, all I remember was that somebody, Peter, I think it was, was being accused of being a traitor. Yes, because oh, because he was playing Benedict Arnold in a po- in a play. Uh, okay, and like all the kids were calling him a traitor, and it was this big yes. this big issue. Uh, anyway, <laughs> cool. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, Eric. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. Thank you.